Hey, Walk by Faith family, it's your host, John McBride III. As always, before we get started, I want to read some ground rules to you. We can all learn from everybody. This life ain't about you and it ain't about me. Mark chapter 12, verse 31 states, you shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. We believe here on the podcast that you can learn anything from anybody and that you need to be open, open to learning from anyone of different ages, different walks of life, and know we are in this thing called life together. I'm not a licensed counselor or a therapist. I'm only sharing my experiences as well as others here on the show. Thoughts and Bible applications as I know it pertaining to the situations discussed. One very key thing we want to do here on this podcast is we want you to know when you are hurting, you need to first heal. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. When you are feeling sad, you need to smile and know greater and brighter days are ahead. Lastly, when you feel depressed, begin devoting your time to God for strength. So once again, we want you to heal, smile, and be devoted to God. Now let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the faith, you all know what time it is. It's Walk by Faith Fridays. And I have a great and special show for you all. This is the first of many episodes where we are deep diving into relationships. We're talking about having sisters on this panel for today. That's going to give us some insight on looking for that perfect man, if it is a such thing called a perfect man. But I deem this title of this episode, Looking for My Boaz. Looking for My Boaz. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what that means, that means finding that perfect man that God has deemed for you. So many times in life, that man that God has made for that woman may not be found, but that man has different characteristics, different things and attributes that God has given them. And if you have not had a chance to look at the book of Ruth, I really encourage you to read that book. and look at an interesting love story about family, about love, and about the commitment and the history and the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Because without that connection of Ruth and Boaz, we wouldn't have the Savior who died on the cruel cross of Calvary. Now, ladies, before I get started, um, I'm going to read five qualities of Boaz uh, found in Ruth chapter two. But I I want to give you all um, a little bit of introduction once um, you all come on the show. So without further ado, here are five qualities of Boaz that I found 
when researching this topic. Number one, Boaz had wealth and finances. That was found in Ruth chapter two, verse one. Now, all of these are coming from the NCV version. Number two, Boaz had his own business with employees. Ruth chapter two, verse three. Boaz was a man of honor and integrity when looking for Ruth. Ruth chapter two, verse eight. Many people don't know that Boaz wasn't even looking for Ruth. Ruth just came into the picture and God worked that thing out. Number four, Boaz was God-fearing. Ruth chapter two, verse 12. And last, number five, God knew, or should I say God showed Boaz how to take care of a woman. He took her out to eat and he knew how to spoil her in Ruth chapter two, verse 14. So ladies, I have my sisters, Chloe, I have my sisters, Christina, and my sister, Samira. Now what's so special about this show, we are connecting Georgia and Texas. So we got sisters and brothers in the faith on this show. So if you would not mind, whoever wants to go first, introduce yourself and tell us about yourself a little bit. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, John, for um, allowing me to be able to, to be with um, two other wonderful and beautiful sisters in Christ. Um, my name is Chloe Lewis. I am a single woman living in the DFW area. I have grown up around the church people and was you know, saved at the age of 13. Um, I am a little sister and a, a mommy's and daddy's girl equally. Uh, yes, I work in healthcare administration. I have um, was a student athlete in college and got both my degrees from the University of Texas at Arlington. So I'm just out here um, trying to be faithful and looking for my Boaz or hoping that my Boaz is kind of looking for me too. Hey man, sister, hey man, who we got next? Hello, I'm Christina. And I am a teacher, proud to say it. It's tough right now, but I mean, it's always tough in the education streets, but I love it. I'm doing what God want me to do. Uh, just a little bit about myself, born and raised in Atlanta. I'm a peach, um, been here all my life, but willing to get out of state for the Boazes out there. <laughs> um, but I'm big on family, very big on family, love my family. I love hanging out with my friends. I love being outside. And um, something about me, like it's the little things, very simple, very simple. I don't like doing, I do big things, but it's because of the little things. So little things make me happy. And I love to laugh, love to smile. And um, if you really want to make me happy, give me some sunflowers. Hey, <laughs> all right, boys. I hope you're listening out there. She, she dropping them gems, letting you know what it is in these streets. Lastly, we have my sister, Samira. What's going on, my sister? 
Hi, um, my name is Samira. I um, too am originally from Georgia. I was born in Ray. Well, I was born in Riverdale, but I was, was raised in Decatur. Um, I am a single mother of a 12-year-old son who is just my absolute pride and joy. He really makes me proud. Um, I am a clinical social worker. Um, I have a background in providing therapy to um, children, adolescents, and families. Um, a large part of my population um, have been children who are, well, children and adolescents who are in group homes and foster care. Um, I've also worked with substance abuse clients and um, sex offenders and, sex, and victims of sexual assault as well. Um, I have stepped away from providing therapy for a little bit. Um, until I started private practice. And right now, um, my focus is on um, providing supervision to uh, other therapists and interns that, you know, have, I guess, entrusted me to guide them on their mental health journey. Um, and I guess that's it. I, I don't, I guess some things about me is that I really like spending time with my son. I grew up an only child. So um, but I come from a large family, and because of that, um, I am really family-oriented. Um, I tend to be of the perspective that if we, you know, if I if I develop a close relationship with you, you are my family. I'm going to look out look out for you as if you are my brother, my sister, my my mom, my dad, whatever it is, um, depending on that age and that role. So um, I'm I'm just really open to meeting new people spending time with them and just growing together and encouraging others and looking for those people who can encourage me as well. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, I appreciate you all for giving that intro. Let's get right into it. You know, they say a good man is hard to find. And Sister Samira, like you just said, you deal with a lot of things in the mental field, a mental health field, and Boaz may have a lot of issues whether it be from childhood, whether it be, um, let's see, work-related issues, mental issues, or whatever the case may be. But with that being said, I have a question for y'all. What does Boaz look like for you once you have found him? Anybody can just jump in whenever you feel like it. I think that for me at the at the forefront of any description of what Boaz looks like is that he has to be God-fearing. Um, I feel like if there's no presence of God in your life, like there's nothing that we can really do together. Um, and then after that, I would first and foremost want him to be an active participant in church. Um, if he's not, I'm not going to say that that's not absolutely a deal breaker because that's something that we can work on. Um, but I would like to see that you are definitely engaged in contributing to society, um, that you care about the people around you. Um, because I think if you have those things as your foundation, God, and just respect for humans as, as a whole, then we can definitely do, you know, a lot together. You have a lot of potential. Amen. Amen to that. Who's next? Yes, no, that's um, what Samara said is definitely very important is an active participation in his faith. Um, 
and it's one who's willing to work on it, you know, because not, we're not all perfect. I'm definitely not out here having zero planks or even specks in my eyes. Uh, and so, but just definitely somebody who is, um, per, you know, pursuing God and, and knows who he is and is active in, in his faith and just a good person, somebody who, who loves, because, um, you know, it's, it's easy to respect the people around you. And that's something that God calls, you know, for a woman to be able to do and you notice, but the love part for a man that just, you know, is the extra step. So somebody who is um, willing to, to put the extra steps into, to love God, which I think definitely translates easily into loving your spouse and um, wanting to be able to create a family with you. And then um, also wanting to, you know, to create, because Boaz had, you know, had wealth and um, it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, like sometimes, you know, God doesn't bless us with a lot of things, but what he does have um Boaz or, you know, my Boaz person I'm looking for has the ability able to manage what he has, manage what we have so that we can do greater things for the kingdom of God. And ladies, y'all all said everything that I put down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking, um, definitely somebody that believes in God. And um, I do like what both of you said, be willing to grow. And I mean, you don't have to be like in the forefront all the time, but you know, you can work up to that part or just be willing to grow and be open-minded. Another thing that um, I would like my boys to um, want to be in a committed relationship. Like it's so many guys out there that we're good friends, but it may not be the right timing for that relationship to go down that level. Um, and of course, uh, just the stability mentally, emotionally, financially. Um, and of course, you know, just supporting myself in that too. Of course, us working together to make sure we're both stable in all of those areas. And um, somebody that's not perfect. I don't want to be fit in a mold. And I don't want him to be feeling like I'm trying to mold him to be somebody that he's not. I want him to be comfortable in himself. And um, just accept the flaws of myself and, you know, it'd be vice versa. Um, just letting those flaws create whatever masterpiece both of us are going to bring in the future. Man, you all have touched on some good things and I love it because we always say that God needs to be first. And we know uh, growing up that a man is head of the household and that he needs to put God first. And once that connection is dead, everything else will work out in that marriage. And you all said God is first and y'all want that for y'all man as well. But we see Boaz is a businessman. And I know I did not mention this, but we are always on the grind and on the hustle as of late. Men have always been told to be providers of the house and be able to provide security for uh, their wife and for their household. Now, Boaz, like I said, had his own business and he cares for family. Why is that so important? Because if you have your own business, as you all know, it could be a lot of stressful moments where ends are not getting met, bills may be late sometimes, or frustration may hit them mentally because of all the heavy weight that is placed on the man. So how do y'all see that being an issue and why is it important for a man to possibly have his own business and who cares for his family? 
Um, well, as somebody who has their own business and my own self, I have a wedding coordination business. Um, I think what it shows to me as a man who has his own business is somebody who's motivated and has um, and knows how to take responsibility, is organized, um, is using the gifts that God has given him. Because it may not be a thriving, you might not be the next Jeff Bezos, um, but he's doing something with the talents that God has given him, which I think is very important. And then also just... Um, in a podcast, you can't really see the colors of what the race we are, but we are a beautiful black women. And um, whether we have, you know, black men or um, any other race of man that we are with, um, we're kind of lower on the, you know, the financial pole. And so if he is a person who is working really hard to be able to provide, you know, a quote unquote, a side hustle, you know, that's something that he's putting himself first um, and able to, you know, push through and he's able to show if we do have children, you know, that, um, regardless of what you look like, you can be able to, you know, you have opportunities to be able to have um, that can further us along. Um, and then also like starting your own business, you're able to put your, you know, put your faith in it. And, you know, you're also able to provide for other people just in case you're able to hire other people on. So I think just a person who is, you know, financially minded, his responsibilities is organized and also is able to use the talents that God give him. And he's not necessarily using any of, you know, the earthly setbacks um, to possibly not do what he's, you know, what he's called to do. Who else? Mr. Mayor, I saw your hand was up. Okay, so um, for me, I, so I hear that the question is about owning your own business and for me, in the beginning, that's not necessarily um, a necessity. Um, what I care about is that you are passionate about whatever it is that you're doing, that you are committed um, to what you do, and that you're always striving to, um, to, to do your best. So even if you are employed by someone else, if I meet you and you say, you know, I've been on the job for this long, you know, I see that you make it to work on time. You may even stay after work sometimes. I may talk to you through your day and, you know, you're brainstorming how to do things and you're, you know, just really giving your all to your job. Those are things that matter um, to me, just basically that you're not slacking off and, you know, sitting at home or that you don't care about the work that you're producing. Because I feel like that same pride that you put into your work is what you're going to, you know, that's a good, uh, a good characteristic. And you're going to apply that to other areas in your life. Um, so for me, with that being said, I really don't care if you're a janitor, a trash man, or whatever. As long as you're doing the best that you can, the way that I am, I'm very ambitious and I'm very goal-oriented. So if you tell me that you're a janitor and you're like giving it 100, I'm going to say, okay, how can we start a janitorial business? If you tell me that you're a trash man, and you're like, hey, you know, I, I know that this is something that can be taxing on the body or whatever. Mm, I'm, come on now, come on now. I'm gonna be doing my research to figure out how we can take that to the next level, what contracts we need to get so that you can, you know, start employing others. I feel like, as, as you mentioned earlier, like as a man, we look to the man to be the provider. And for me, my Boaz is gonna be creating a sense of security um, me as your wife, your woman, the mother of your children, as a mother, period, I'm going to be looking to multiply anything that you're bringing to the table so that I can, you know, help to create peace for you and peace for us as a family. So um, just whatever it is, 
I'm, I'm going to take it to the next level. So as long as you bring those, you know, those foundational, that foundational passion, I feel like we're good. Ooh, mm. Come on, Tina, bring it home, girl. Bring it home, girl. Well, I don't know if I can bring it home after that, because <laughs> she basically, yeah, I'm hitting all of the points. But I like what she, I didn't even think about just that passion that he has for that job. Um, the guys I've dated recently, uh, they have been entrepreneurs and they're successful. And I think that's something that um, made me attracted to them because they were passionate about what they were doing. And it wasn't to make themselves look good. It was actually to help other people. And that's what um, I like. I'm somebody that's um, selfless and um, willing to help not only um, his people, but just the community. But um, just being insecure and knowing that he's gonna do whatever he needs to do to make life comfortable too. Um, like the sister said earlier, we don't have to be the, ne the next um, millionaire or billionaire would be so great. But at the same time, if both of us bring in what we're bringing to the table, table, if our life is comfortable, we have all of our needs met, like I'm willing to um, accept it and be satisfied with it. Not, and be like, I say content with it because I know the blessings will come. Um, definitely with him letting God um, guide him and everything that he does um, and every decision that he makes. I also see um, him, this question um, being answered and just somebody having good balance because working men and taking care of their family and being as active as we want them, that's tough. I see that with my father, not tough in a negative way. It's just a challenge um, to be, you know, spread thin for so many people. And um, just knowing that you have that balance, but also making that time to um, have those tough conversations or even just making those decisions on behalf of our family. But also, again, it goes back to what I said a few seconds ago, just letting God guide him throughout that path. And even in making those decisions, having those conversations, and even in being secure in who he is, um, you don't have to be squeaky white, clean, but just for real, let God guide you versus you, you know, I know what's best I'm going to do. Let me think about, you know, what does God want me to do? And God help me through this. So not just to bruise himself, but um, again, just in everything that we're going to do, it's going to bring glory to him. So yeah. Man, it's interesting because anytime we're doing certain things, we got to bring honor and glory to God. And so we tend to put our, try to put our best foot forward um, through all that we do. Samira, did you have a comment? I did. Yeah. I, um, I just wanted to um, state that I like what Christina said about allowing God to guide you. We all mentioned in the beginning that it was important that whoever our mate is, is God fearing. And <clears throat> she mentioned like the leadership. If, if God is the one who's leading you, then I know that, you know, any decision that you're making on behalf of our family is going to be, you know, at our best interest. And it's going to be, you know, coming from God. 
Um, and if you're seeking him, then everything else is going to fall in place. So I think that she really hit it on the head with the, with the term, you know, being led by God. Because I feel like so many times we can grow up in the church, but sometimes we don't stay in the church. So being a young man that grew up in the church, we, like you said, we are not perfect. But we tend to have ups and downs and flaws. But what do you do when those situations come about? What do you do when you feel like your faith is growing weak? What do you do when you feel like I'm being less of a man because my job does not um, appreciate me? Well, my paycheck is not going good. And say you all are dating a Boaz and you are making more than that Boaz. Sometimes we as men feel like, well, man, you're making way more than me. What else can I bring to the table? But Boaz states that Ruth was a woman of noble character. How are women today, and even in you all's upbringing, being taught to have noble character? Um, this was a tough question for me. I guess just in um, thinking about it and trying to find, like I said, I'm not looking for the perfect answer or the perfect person. I just gave an honest, I'm giving an honest response. Um, one way that I'm being raised by my the women in my family, um, the women that I encounter through my organization, through work, um, just in the streets, or um, some of the parents of my students is one of the big, like the main common denominators is just knowing who you are, being comfortable with who you are, and not trying to be like somebody else. Um, because I think that that gets in the way of the path that's laid out for us. It gets the way it gets in the way of our vision that we have set for our own personal goals. If we're too busy looking at everybody else versus um, looking at what you want. Another thing that I heard and something that my grandma would always say too is just knowing whose you are. Again, it's going back, not being super religious, just being honest, knowing whose you are. You brought up a good point, being raised in a church. You know all of this stuff growing up in the church. But once you get out there, I mean, it's real life. But the thing that we have to remember is that our foundation is set. And don't forget to go. It's okay to look back and go back and remember everything that was taught. It's okay to go back and ask those questions to be refreshed. Or through life experiences, you may look through some of those childhood um, Bible studies with another pair of eyes because of the experiences that you have now as you've grown up and be reminded that God has not changed, um, that you know, whatever you're going through, um, you know, he's still here. And just be going back to Boaz, um, one thing that I see in the successful relationships that I know and I witness, especially like with my parents, is like being willing to let the man lead. Again, if you know he leading, um, letting God lead him. And even if he doesn't, it's okay to speak up and say, hey, you know, can we look at this? Can we talk about this? And not, you know, snap at him. It may make you want to, but it's all about how you approach the situation. But um just letting him lead and just being there for him. Y'all teammates, y'all partners. Um, it's no rank. I'll say no seniority. I know the man's supposed to lead, but still 
um, you know, side by side, back to back. We always got each other. Mm -hmm. Dropping jams, dropping drools. Who we got next? Samira, oh, yeah. Chloe, got it. All right. Yes, I'll go. Um, I think kind of like just reading through Ruth again. I read it. I've read it a little bit before, like the podcast. And um, from uh, chapter three, verse eleven B, it says like, um, "For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman." So that's Boaz talking to Ruth, and um, I think that's coming something for me because I I have a big you know, big friend group, big family group. I have, you know, a church back home, moved away, have, you know, churches up here. And um, I just think that knowing that was raised that like everybody knows who you are and everybody knows that, yes, that's a, that's a child of God. I can see it. She's a, shines her light. Um, she is a house on a hill. And I think that's something that is very important um, to, to me. And, you know, just was raised that way. And my parents just, wherever you go, you know, be spiritual, be, be somebody that they can look to and say, yeah, she is definitely somebody who, um, loves God and, and is, you know, do it going out there to be able to, to, to lead, um, in, in the way to lead the, those around her. And, um, something that Samira said earlier is be his multiplier. Like that's, that is was something that was so huge. And I wrote that down that that's, how can I be, he's leading me as Christina said, you know, how can I be his multiplier and everything that he does? Like, how can I um, be his partner, his team player? Um, and I think that's something that, you know, as a noble woman, which is like the definition of is having or showing uh, fine principles or qualities and uh, a high moral principles and ideas and ideals. And I think that's something that being rooted in, you know, in God's word. And I think that's, something that we want for our man. And so making sure that I'm rooting it in the word and it's not, I don't always do it correctly and I always do it right. And I haven't always been perfect throughout my life, but giving myself grace just as um, I'm hoping you know, to give him grace and vice versa. And um, kind of just my last point on this, I've learned recently through my um, journey in life is when things don't go great or even when things go good, mostly when things don't go great, I'm turning to God. I don't turn to anybody else. I don't turn to anything else. Um, we together as a partnership individually, we are turning to God for his wisdom, his mercy, his grace, his strength, his wisdom. Um, I think that's something that is a no, noble character. Amen, amen. What you got, Samira? Well, I, I too kind of struggled on this one a little bit because to be honest, um, when I thought about like how are women being taught to be noble characters today, I, I feel like today's generation or in society, we've kind of like taken a shift. Um, and I don't feel like it's necessarily for the better. I think that um, especially like younger women are really being taught to, you know, uh, be a, attention seekers or, um, you know, uh, Christina, hit on allowing the man to lead. And I think that a lot of times um, from what I'm seeing here lately is that women almost tend to take pride in emasculating a man. Um, I feel like my generation um, is probably one of the last that like really got good teaching about how to be um, a wife or, you know, in that traditional sense, um, like Christina said, letting your man lead you 
having a partnership. Um, and even as Chloe said, like taking all things to God. So I think that they both really hit that on the head. Um, as Christina was talking, it really made me think like these, these are things that the things that she was mentioning, I felt like these are things that I do kind of um, on autopilot. Like I think about the things, the lessons that my mom have taught me um, you know, my mom has been telling me things since I was like seven years old about how to operate as an adult. And I would be like, I'm only seven or I'm only nine or something like that. But those are things that I think, you know, reflect on now and even just women um, in church and just here at Hillcrest, we have a heartfelt mom's ministry. And I really, really um, value that because it has created um, an opportunity for me to gain perspective from other women in the church on how to conduct myself as um, right now as a single woman of God, but even in, in the future as a, you know, one day hopefully married woman of God. So I think definitely looking at your, your examples and just following them um, can definitely, you know, if, if you're looking at the right ones, right, can help to create noble, um, excuse me, noble women. And there was something that Chloe stated. Um, I'm trying to remember what she said exactly, but I, I thought that, wow, that really stands out. And it may have been about um, just having a partnership with your spouse or whomever that is and putting God at the center of that. I feel like if, you know, we're not perfect as it's been mentioned earlier, but as long as we're striving to do better, like we're going to, um, I guess always be doing the best that we can. Um, she also mentioned representation. And I feel like as a wife or as a girlfriend or whatever, I never want to disrespect my man, right? So when I go out, I'm going to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward. And that doesn't necessarily mean in my appearance, but in my character, I would never want to shame, you know, whoever it is that I'm with. I always want him, want someone to say, man, so-and-so got a good girl, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> You all are bringing out so much good information. And with this information always brings about words. What do you hold in your mind? Whatever you think, so a man is. So whatever your mind says, it starts coming out of your mouth. And what I mean by that is we got to have conversations. So if I have things in my mind that I want to ask my potential spouse, hey, what do you think about this? What do you feel if we don't have kids, if we do have kids? How's your finances? How are your taxes? Are you a mama's boy? Or whatever the case may be. I said all of those things to say, what conversations need to be had when possibly dating your Boaz? And this is a surprise part for this because I didn't mention it to you all on our show notes. And does the body count need to be in the conversation too? when you're talking about dating. Let's keep it real on the show. That is hilarious. Well, um, yes, yeah, so you know, to address the elephant in the room, I think it's very important to me and I definitely would want to it be a conversation, add it into our conversation. Maybe not at the beginning, um, but I think that's definitely something that is important to me because, um, just can't wait to, to look my dad in the eye on the day that I get married and I'm wearing a veil. So that is important to me. So I just really, really hope that it is important to that person, uh, but not necessarily a 
a deal breaker depending, you know, because there are things that are kind of equal and, and, you know, a sin is a sin to God. You know, if I it was a liar for the majority of my life and then, you know, got back on the right track, like that's kind of the same, same aspect. But I think there's so serious conversations and um, it's, you know, talking about what's your relationship with God? Like, what do you, when, when things get rough, where you, where do you go? You know, when, um, when things are, were hard, where, where do you go? Um, and then the easy stuff, like, what do you do for fun? What makes you laugh? Um, how, uh, talk about Boaz, you know, was able to spoil his wife and treated her like, you know, you know, the queen she was like, how do you do that? Is that important to you? Do you expect that of a, you know, of your wife, um, your expectations? And I, Definitely John talked about like, can you, or, you know, what happens if we can or cannot have kids? When I talk to my, you know, brides and grooms before they get married, like talk about that. Cause that's hard. That can make or break a relationship. Um, and that's not, you know, like something that you want to have on your, you know, divorce record. Um, and for, for a reason for you to be able to do that. And so I just talk about the hard stuff, money. How, how are you with money? You know, um, the conversations that we do have children is, is mama Rhonda moving in the house or not? Um, and how do you feel about that? And so just different things like that. Um, if you were to eventually be an elder in, you know, in church, is that something that's important to you? And what, how would you expect, or, you know, want your wife as an elder's wife? So just, you know, a wide range of conversations. And I just see my friends who don't have conversations and they know what they get their mess into. And if, if he's a strong, you know, God-fearing man, um, just as you, you know, hope to be a strong God-fearing woman, you can have tough, fun, silly, you know, important, um, and I think appropriate conversations, I don't think, you know, first date, what's your body count, but by, by the end or, you know, stuff like that, that's important. That is a, you know, a, you know, joining of, of the minds and the bodies. I think that's important to add into the conversation as well. Amen. Amen. Who we got next? That was, that's funny, John. I'm still laughing at that. Uh, because, I mean, it's something to think about and it is real. And that's something that I think we do miss out on sometimes because we sugarcoat so much trying to protect the um the innocent the innocent and even the ones that have like you know dibbled and dabbled like straight shot no chaser like be honest um those tough conversations i mentioned that earlier um i've had some tough conversations just in dating and it wasn't tough to hurt my feelings like it was tough to bring out the best in me um I will highlight one where I share it with him like I felt like he was just pushing me pushing me pushing me and it made me uncomfortable but it was a growing pain it, he saw something in me that I didn't see and he shared that with me but in the end it did not work out not in a bad way it's just you know we just were not good for each other we were just better off as friends but I thanked him for helping me um, want to be my best self for me and not him or whoever else I date. And I tend to, I tended to do that, um, in dating, like, you know, try to be somebody for somebody else versus just being me. And it, you know, connects to what I said before, just knowing who you are. So I think that'd be a great question, um, to ask about, you know, just sexuality too. Um, do you like women? <laughs> and especially being in Atlanta um I gotta ask 
And also, are you married? Because some of these people, like, they hide that very well. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not lying. Like, these guys are crazy. They're sneaky. Some of these women are, too. But um, that's my first question. Are you married? And I'm going to go back to my first statement. Are you willing to be in a committed relationship? Because if you're not, um, you know, again, don't waste my time. (laughs) Or I don't want to waste yours. Um, I did like what Chloe said too about laughing. That's I love it. it. I mean, it's not to cover up anything. It's not to hide anything. It just it's a good natural remedy to a lot of stuff that's going on now. And of course, um, church. Like, what is church to you? How often do you go? Are you going to participate? Or are you just gonna sit there or live stream from home? Um, of course, financially, and even when it comes to children, I haven't had children yet. Um, it's a touchy topic for me, not in a bad way, but um, just, you know, are you open to adopting if so? Um, and if you are, if you already bring your kids to the table, like how active can I be um, without overstepping boundaries with your child's mother or even overstepping boundaries with the kids? Um, again, not in a bad way, just sometimes that love can be too much for people or, um, you know, just knowing how much to give. And even when we are married, and I'm going to stop talking, um, what is dating going to look like for us? What does quality time look like for us? Um, what does time with each other look like? That's my love language is um, words of affirmation and quality time. Like, what is your love language? So I know how to understand you, but also you'll know how to understand me and we can Again, not make this perfect, but make it how it's supposed to be for us. Mm, 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 mm. That girl throwing out the five love languages and speaking my language right there, girl. Woo! Come on, Samir, bring it, bring it. I think Chloe and Christina both all made very, very good points. Um, definitely the love languages, finances, all of that. So those are things that um, I'm definitely asking um in the conversations and like Christina said like when I first meet you my first question is do you have a girlfriend do you have someone who thinks she your girlfriend are you married like all of that my mom taught me though that was one of those things my mom said (laughs) when I was like 11 you have to ask because someone can be married and when you find out you were like, why didn't you tell me, you know, this, I, how, how was I supposed to know you was married? Well, you never asked, so why would I tell? So um, you have to ask the hard questions um, and, and the easy questions. Sometimes we look over those easy things um, just because we think, you know, that it's common knowledge or something like that, or we think that we're able to pick it up. But I always um, feel like you should definitely ask questions. Um, Some things that I'm also asking is like, how do you feel about gender roles? Um, I'm very traditional. So I wanna know like, (laughs) are you gonna take the trash out? (laughs) You know, you expecting me to cook because I'm okay with that. Um, I actually would really, really, really like to be what I call a housewife or entrepreneurial housewife. So, you know, I wanna have my businesses, but still, be at home and cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner and iron clothes um, in my ideal world. That may not happen, but this I want you to know that, hey, this is what will work for me. Would that work for you? Um, I, I need to know about your idea of parenting. And Christina, 
spoke about it from the perspective of, I guess, her being involved with someone's kids. Um, but I'm looking at it from the perspective of how involved are you going to be with my son? Um, you know, I, I'm raising a young man by myself, and I really want him to have a positive male role model. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, how do you feel about coming into our lives and how are you going to incorporate us into your life and your family? Um, that's really something that I'm observing as well as asking about. Um, and also retirement. Like once we finish working and, you know, all of that, once my son has left the house, what are we going to do? Like, where do you want to retire to? I want to go to Florida. I, want, I never want to be cold again. So <laughs> you might want to move to Colorado. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and those things can, as small as they may seem, you know, once you get to that point, they can definitely cause some conflict. And speaking of conflict, when you get mad, how do you resolve your issues? Like, do you communicate? Do you say, I'm going to leave? And, and then, you know, I don't hear from you for three to four days or something like that. So just, um, I, I like to talk about any and anything under the sun, you know, um, and, as, and to me, if we can have those types of conversations, then that definitely just lets me know that whatever challenge we face, we can definitely overcome it because we're gonna talk about it. Man, I'm loving this. I am loving this. Christina, I wanna go back to something you said are you really wanting a committed relationship? And the Holy Spirit felt like it told me, if you can't have a committed relationship with God, how do you expect to have a committed relationship with me? And so many times that shows a dis display of what is to come, foreshadowing, if you will, because I need you to be on your knees praying about every single situation, about finances, about how I communicate with you. How about uh, when I go to jobs? How do I deal with being laid off? How do I deal with my family? If I talk to my family too much, instead of talking to you about issues, how do I address certain things? Because so many times we want to piggyback off of what our parents did. We want to mirror that marriage and try to bring it into this marriage. And there's so many different things that we have to understand that no you can't be doing that we need to have this conversation because this marriage is our marriage not not your parents not my parents we need to make it us and do what makes us work together for god's kingdom um in culture we are told today we hear a lot about deal breakers do you all have any deal breakers uh with dating that um your boys needs to know about He cannot be married. <laughs> what if it's an entanglement? What if, what if it's complicated? Daniel, come on. No, he cannot be married. Like, I don't want to mess with nobody. And I know people in these situations. And sometimes it's like accidental. It's no, 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 no. No, they, they separated. What if it's, we get a girl? We separating. You know, we 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 putting the divorce papers. In, we in not. The, it's not scissor on the weekend. No, no. I'm not having no weekend love either. Like if it's mine, I want it to be mine, 100. I don't like sharing. That's the only thing that I will not share is my man or my husband. I haven't got married yet, so. <laughs> um. But no, I just, I don't want him to be married. That's the, that's a big thing. And um, 
another deal breaker, <laughs> he cannot be closed-minded. And when I say closed-minded, like I mentioned that as a quality, you have to be open-minded, just be willing to grow. Um, we may, we're coming from different backgrounds. Um, Samira brought up the gender roles. I never thought about that. Like I am more traditional, but because of me, you know, just having just to be independent, living on my own, you know, I, I know how to do stuff, but I want somebody, you know, like be the man. Do, and I don't want to say do what you're supposed to do. Go take the trash out. If I got to take the trash out, I'll take it out. But um, don't be closed-minded. Don't be closed-minded. Um, even in us learning something new, be open to, be willing and open to, um, you know, just do that. And this one, it may be touchy, so don't punish me for this fellas I don't want too many baby mamas like I know it's inevitable to not be the guy that doesn't have kids and I'm not saying that you can't because there are some guys out there that don't have kids but um more than likely you are going to meet a guy with a kid or two or three or more I just don't want to meet a guy with like five baby mamas I can't do I can't do it I'm sorry I'm sorry now Tina thank you for the comment before the other ladies get in, let me throw this in there too. Is dating interracially, is that a deal breaker? It's not a, it's not a deal breaker for me. Gotcha. Um, okay. My thing, love is love. And it does not, and I know it seems so cliche. Love sees no color. It doesn't. Um, you attract what you attract. And um, I would love to marry a nice chocolate man. But if somebody that's not black, um, he may be white, Asian, Hispanic, if he's going to love me and treat me just as well as the guy that I would, you know, want to be with, I don't want to block my blessing and, you know, have that as a deal breaker. That's no. Ladies, who else we got stepping up to the plate? Oh, I, I definitely just off the top have two deal breakers um but i do like some of the things that christina said i think being married should have been my number one i was slipping on that one <laughs> so good looking out <laughs> but um and and definitely to answer your question about interracial dating i'm not necessarily opposed to it but i do feel like there's nothing like a black man and if that's what i can you know, I, that's what I would hope for. But if not, like Christina said, I definitely don't want to, you know, block my blessings on that. So that's not a deal breaker. Um, but two deal breakers um, for me and that have definitely come up recently in my, or not recently, but, you know, in the last few years in my dating life are what your relationship is going to be like with my son. Um, you know, I'm... I'm definitely paying attention to, well, first and foremost, I don't have men around my son like that. So, you know, you can ask my son, has his mom had a boyfriend? I mean, has, yeah, has his mom had a boyfriend since he's been born? He's going to tell you no, because that's how tight I kind of run my ship. And I don't want him exposed to, you know, different men that aren't going to be around, but friends and things of that nature that he's come in contact with, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to how you interact with him. If when we're on the phone, if you're asking me how my son is doing, or if I mentioned that my son had like a black history month program, if you come back later and say, well, how was his program? If you're not showing any interest in him, regardless of if you're having direct contact with him or not, um, to me, that speaks volumes and we're a package deal. Um, so if you can't, you know, you can't accept me without him, right? Um, he, I'm very much so involved with him in everything that he does. So if, if that's not there, like you can just pretty much kick rocks for lack of better words. Um, I, I, I'm also with Christina on the multiple baby mamas. <laughs> I, I do know that, you know, I have a son, um, but it's, it's me and him. So I feel like from that perspective, you don't have nothing to worry about over here as far as drama goes. And I would like, you know, that to be the same. Like she said, you're, it's, it's very rare that you're going to find someone who doesn't have, or a man that doesn't have kids. But I would also want to know, like, to me, if you're like, oh, you can't meet my baby mama or you can't be around my kids, you might as well be married, <laughs> you know, um, because I need to know your family. Um, and then the, the other main thing is going back to that piece that I was talking about, about business and um, jobs and things to that nature. What it all boils down to is how ambitious you are, how self-motivated you are. Like, are you a self-starter? Um, I know that sometimes we may have ideas that we want to do, but don't know how to do it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. But I feel like if you just have no ambition to do anything different to grow or learn, um, I, I can't deal with you because I am very much so goal oriented. And um, I'm always going to be looking for the next project or the next way to grow myself, whether it be in my spiritual life, um, physically, mentally, like all of that, I want to continue to grow. I never want to become stagnant. Um, and I just also want to know that you're going to support me in that. That's been an issue that I've had where, you know, the men that I've dealt with have pretty much tried to discourage me from achieving my goals. Um, they're like, you know, you, you're doing too much. You need to sit down. Like, no, at the end of the day, I have to take care of myself and my son. I'm trying to leave a legacy for him and those who come behind me and, you know, help my community. So um, if you're talking like that, just off top, I can't, I can't deal with you. And, and I want someone who's going to hold me accountable. If you can't do that, then like, what are we, what are we here for? I feel like the purpose of a relationship at the end of the day is to help the other person grow. Um, so if we're not doing that, then we, we just can't be together. Mm -mm. Woo. Come on, Chloe, what you got, girl? Yes, no, I, I am floored and also just, uh, it's making me laugh because like in Texas, in theory, I don't have to worry about it. The guy's married. Uh, and so that's the big question, but I will be um, bringing it through and asking this question if they are married, but definitely a deal breaker. But I feel like if they're married and or not all the time, if they have like multiple baby mamas, I don't know how active their relationship is with God. Um, if they're trying, you know, being married and trying to, you know, hit on me or, you know, wanting to date me. Um, and so with that, I think just like my everything in theory can work itself out if he is a God-fearing man, um, you know? And so if he has a relationship with God, I think that's kind of what's gotten me through life. Like everything has been, it's not been 
you know, butterflies and roses, but um, I've been able to see the butterflies and the roses through life um, due to the fact that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, trying to be a God-fearing man. And so just like the qualities that Boaz had, you know, um, he, uh, I mean, the, the own business and we talked about the finances, I think is very important, but like, you know, we can work through that, but, you know, I you can't really teach you know, to him to be God-fearing, and I don't want to be that person to be that one for him, you know, um, I would love to have a man who's, you know, spoiling, so if he doesn't, you know, care about me, or, you know, ask me for my opinion, or want anything from me, or want to love me, and then I'm, you know, that's a deal breaker, too, um, if he is, if he's not honest, and doesn't have interrogation, if he's lying, if he's a liar, bruh, move, leave, we ain't playing this game, absolutely not, again, I don't think a God-fearing man would be a liar, but, you know, so a liar and um, integrity, I'm not going to always be there, you know, other people won't always be there, but, you know, God is watching, if he's not a person who is able to respect me and respect God and, like, live a life like that, um, it's, you know, deal breaker, and then I don't want to block my blessings, as, as everybody else said, um, but um, in, interracial doesn't bother me, um, grew up around a lot of Caucasian people, so um, that's not necessarily a problem with me, but what is a problem with me is he's shorter than me, because I really love hills, and um, I just have a lot of them, and so I'd be selling a lot if I had to marry a man who's shorter than me. I'm also a thicker woman, thank you to my father, so like if he's shorter and small, I just, it just, I just, it just won't work, you know? I want to be lifted, and it's cute, and all fun, titanic type of situation, and if you can't hold me, it's kind of hard, so, <laughs> so that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Short brothers out there, my short Boaz is out there. It's okay. You all stay strong. <clears throat> it's going to be okay. I felt a tear for our short men like myself that said that. Thank God I'm already married. That that just brothers, it's going to be okay. That pain, Chloe, that hurt. That really hurt. Man. So, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> ah, I just took my breath away. No, so, no. So as so as we keep that laughter and that mentality going, if your Boaz was a mama's boy, what would be some signs? And would you even still consider dating him if he was a quote quote mama's boy? I feel like um, anything, anytime that he's saying, my mama said. My mama said this, my mama said that. Those are definitely signs that he is um, a mama's boy. But outside of that, <clears throat> I, I actually don't mind a mama's boy. Um, and I say that from the perspective that he cares about his mom. He um, honors her. She is a positive model of what he looks for in his life. Um, so I would definitely want my husband to have a good relationship with his mother. Um, I myself have a very good relationship with my mom. And whenever I've thought about my life in the future, like I got a little, a little in-law suite for her out <laughs> in, the, in the yard. And I wouldn't mind if my husband had that, you know, for his mom or his parents or, you know, whatever, just because I am really family oriented, um, just, you know, not in the house, but if we had large land or something like that. But at the end of the day, anytime that, um, you know, the things that your mother is saying are coming into our relationship. You said this earlier, John, that, you know, it's, it's okay to take advice, right? Like you have, if you have a healthy relationship, your parents had a healthy relationship or, you know, even, even if not, even if 
you're learning from someone's mistakes. That's good um, to have that point of reference to, you know, help guide your relationship. But at the end of the day, we have to make decisions for our family on our own because we're the ones who are going to have to live with them. So whatever your mama's saying, mama said this, mama said that, like mama not living with us. She don't have to, she's not going to have to deal with us and <laughs> the outcomes of what she said. So, um, you know, I think that those are, are pretty, are, it's pretty much the main sign for me, allowing her to intrude in what we have going on. Gotcha, gotcha. Who's next? I think, you know, what Samara said, just the comparison. So if he's a mama's voice and a compare me to his mama, um, we are not the same. Um, though I want to be able to be, you know, I want to have a great relationship with her. And that, like she said, he, she honors, he honors her. He loves her. He knows, you know, he's seen his father, hopefully usually when, you know, they've seen that, they've seen a, you know, a father figure, a needy man that's in his mom's life treating this woman, you know, the, the woman in his life, you know, importantly, and, you know, with treating her like a queen, you know, cherishing her, loving her. So if that can translate into our relationship, I think that is very important. Um, and something that I, you know, look for, but if it's like the negative qualities of a mama's boy, where he's used to her spoon feeding him his whole entire life, let's go back to the deal breaker side, deal breaker, I'm out. I can't, that's just, that's just not me. I am a COO minded woman, I'm CEO, you know, so like, that's where I'm at. Um, and so I want us to be able to be partners together. I'm not your mama, you know, it's just, it's just not what it is, you know, and I, I'm a motherly person that, so I know that I would translate into that. And so that's why I'm trying to stay on the opposite. Nope. I ain't your mama because I don't want to spoon feed you. Cause I'm just that type of a person. And I know that it would turn into something not, you know, not positive in the end. Oh, come on, Tina, what you got girl? Um, I don't have a problem with mama's boys because I'm a daddy's girl and I know he probably gonna be sick of me saying what well, my daddy said my daddy said or let me ask my dad because <laughs> I mean that's my go-to right now I don't have a husband so I'm gonna ask my daddy and I think he's like one of the wisest men I know um but I keep that in mind <laughs> keep that in perspective I I don't want anybody that's intrusive of our personal space um, I, I love the fact that guys do have great relationships with their mother, but I would hope that he wouldn't let that interfere in decisions that he's making when uh, it comes to our family. Of course, you can take the input, but don't like let that be the majority. Take it as an input, uh, something to consider, um, but not the one where, you know, like we sitting on the couch watching TV, she can't be in between us. If we out to eat, she cannot be there every time we out to eat. Like she can join us. I would love to spend time with my mother-in-law and, you know, mother turning into mother in love, but um, just somebody that's just respectful of boundaries. Uh, just respect the boundaries. I've dated a couple of mama's boys, but it, it's been in a good way. Um, but I've seen some mama's boys where it, you know, if they were spoiled so much that it was just hard for them to, you know, cleave <laughs> to their partner and just be successful in that relationship because the mom's input was more valuable than the wife. So some, you know, just respect the boundaries, respect the space. Um, there will be space made for you, of course, but disrespecting their boundary and 
not infiltrating either. Um, letting her listen versus, um, you know, just, I guess, poison the perspective of something. I hope it makes sense. Yeah, it did. It did. And as we bring this show to a close, which has been a great, great and wonderful show, I wanted to change things up a little bit. I know I asked you all, what does a true man need to bring to the table to be your Boaz and marry you today? But I want to change it up a little bit. If you could write a love letter to Boaz, to your future Boaz, to your future husband, what would you tell him that he needs to have ready and prepared to be your Boaz? Oh, can I answer this one? <laughs> so I am, I love music. And y'all probably gonna be like, oh, this is so weird. I think a lot of these love songs that's out there, not the um, not the sexual ones, I'm talking about real love songs. It should almost mimic like you are writing a love song to God. Um, PJ Morton has a song when we first began and that song is so beautiful because the basis of their friendship or their relationship is being friends. And in that friendship, they grew to lovers, to what, and I'm gonna put my spin on it. I want him to be my best friend, my homie, my lover, like be somebody that's my cheerleader, my motivator, somebody that's like, be my pillow to cry on because I'm going to cry. But I also want you to be, you know, let me be me. Let me be me. And please, if you ever get a chance to listen to that song, it's so beautiful. Um, and it's so passionate. Listen to when he's singing it live. You do the tiny desk, listen to me advertising. And, um, or you can do his, uh, the YouTube performance. It was, I forgot which um, album he did when he was performing live, but I think that song, like for me, when we first began, that right there is like the perfect love letter. Like build it on a solid friendship. Like if you, if we're married and I get mad at you, I'm mad at my husband. I'm not mad at my friend. Um, you know, I'm still, you know, maybe, which we, not, we may not agree all the time, be willing to, you know, disagree. But if we clashing, like, I still got my friend regardless. Um, you know, minus the titles, like, I still have my friend. And in that friend, it encompassed what we all said earlier, you know, God, fearing, security, strength, integrity, love, love, love. Man, wow. Who's next? Man, y'all about to make me cry up in this thing for this show. Wow. I, I just want to, um, I'm definitely going to go listen to that song, um, but I I want to elaborate, and I really, really like what Christina said about a best friend, um, because that is something, like a concept that I took or developed as far as what I want my relationship to be like a while back, and I did that, I, I started thinking about it from that perspective, because a lot of my friends um, or sometimes when I was hearing about relationships, it would be like, well, you know, you have this person who's in a relationship and 
you know, there's a friendship that they also have that's outside of that relationship, right? And that what I was hearing a lot of, uh, but that's my friend. They've been there from the beginning. I'm not going to, you know, abandon them or something to that perspective, almost to the point that it would be detrimental to their actual relationship. And so I started thinking, if your spouse and your significant other is your friend, like that's an added component and nothing's going to come in between that. So when we talk about things like cheating, lying, you know, all of that stuff, like Christina said, when I'm arguing with you, I'm arguing with my spouse. I still have my, you know, I still have my friend. I'm going to think twice about hurting my friend and, you know, going out here in the streets and doing something that I shouldn't do because this is my friend. This is a relationship that, um, that I value. And sometimes we hold those friendships uh, higher than those relationships because, I think that sometimes we look at relationships as being something that can be ended fairly quickly, but friendships, like, you know, none of my friendships are less than seven years, right? So I'm holding on to those. Um, so I, I really like, I just wanted to really, I guess, add on to what she said. Like my my significant other definitely needs to be my best friend. Um, and what I would write to him in a letter, um, I don't know. I've, I've actually written a letter, right, when I was younger um, about what, who I wanted my, you know, future husband to be um, and, and just really talking to him about where I'm at at different periods in my life. And that's something that I continue to do. And at the end of the day, I'm always letting him know that I'm out here. I'm literally praying for him like every day. I'm asking God to get him ready for, for me or get me ready for him, that I can be the best person that I can be for him. Um, and that I'm willing to, you know, grow with him. Um, and then I'm also, also asking him to, you know, in turn, get him ready for, for me. Right. So, um, just in that letter, I just want him to just always keep God first and pray for us as a whole, as a, as a united force, um, and as a family unit, and I feel like if if we are praying together, like there's nothing that we can't overcome. Everything else is going to fall in place. So just, you know, wherever you at, just baby, be praying. <laughs> and I'm praying. Hey, man. <laughs> what you got, Chloe, to close it out? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. My, I... I love what both of them said, both um, Christina and Samara said, and um, I, I want him to be my best friend. I've been, you know, looking for my best friend for a really long time. But I think what I would say is that I, my heart is on fire. My heart is on fire to love you, to grow with you, to pray with you, to serve with you, and um, love what Miss Samara said. I'm praying for you. I am praying that the Lord opens so many doors for you and you can confidently walk in. And one day that door, our doors are, you know, in the same, same building where we're there together to be able to passionately live this out life out together. And whether you've seen people have great relationships or whether you've seen people have not so great relationships, I want what your heart desires. I want to be what your heart desires. And I have 
oh, in this whole entire body, I have so much love to give. And so just be ready to just be floored with love, with happiness, with joy, um, and with two parents who are trying to be very sly, that they aren't really wanting this to happen for me either. Uh, but I know that they're ready to be able to, you know, to give the love that they have. And I cannot wait to just be on a journey that is, that is on fire for God. Ladies, once again, I thank you for being a part of this show. As I look at my time, I'm late for work, but I'm doing God's will. This is so special to me. And I'm, I'm literally about to cry because this is so good. We need this. In our community, we need this for our families. We need to hear these type of things. So ladies who are looking for their Boaz, I want you to know he's out there, but also know be patient. God is working on that perfect man for you. Perfect and not in the sense that he won't make mistakes. Perfect in the fact that he knows that he needs God first in his life to put his mindset right, put his body right, to do the things that he needs to do. Boazes that are out there, get your mind right. The ladies have laid out what they are hoping and praying that God sends them. Be a man of God. Read your word daily. Be able to be a solution for others to see. Be Christ-like in all that you do. Because people are watching. Whether it's the future wife of yours, she's watching, kids, family, God is watching. For the most part, be accountable for the things that you do. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have issues that cause you to be less of a man at times, but know you can find God for strength. And once you find that Ruth, just like these ladies that are on this call, they will be there for you to help you and guide you on your way. And no, don't be ashamed if you cry. Don't be ashamed to address your issues. Don't be ashamed to let them know to bring them in. And I'm speaking for myself, especially, I have to let some things go so that I can let my wife in. Like you said, she's my best friend. She has to be there for me. She's my confidant. She's the one I hold dear. So Boaz is out there. I hope you all are listening. Ladies that are out there who feel like, I don't know when my Boaz is coming. I don't never feel like he's coming. I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. Be patient. God has something for you. I don't know when. I don't know where. But God is on the throne, as my dad always says, and he is in control. So I hope and pray we said something for this show that makes you believe and trust in God and that God has given us the playbook on love. It's called the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. That's the true love right there. And that love is this in us. So give your life to God. Be the best man you can be in your Boaz mindset. And Ruth's out there, we thank you. We love you, strong women, for all that you do. Even though we may not say it, thank you. Thank you for being providers. Thank you for giving us a safe space. And thank you for believing in us when we don't see it in ourselves. Family, we hope and pray that you have a blessed Friday and a great weekend when this episode airs. And share this message with as many people as you can. Because God is wanting us to be able to be an example for this dark world. We love you, and we will see you all next time. God bless.